Good to see everybody this morning. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray over the word here in a moment. And, uh, you know, we're doing a series called No More Limits. No More Limits. Amen. So, Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus, thanking you and praising you for the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit of God. Lord, I pray that you would think through my mind, speak through my lips, use this vessel of clay to be a blessing to your people. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus that utterance shall flow freely and that we all shall be edified and we all shall be exhorted. We all shall be comforted and strengthened by your word and your spirit today. And we give you the praise. We give you the glory for it's in the name above every name that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. I got to thinking about this message last week, and I uh, got to thinking about the word limited, and I thought, well, what is the opposite of being uh, limited? And of course, the answer would be unlimited, but I like this other definition just a little bit better, boundless. Everyone say boundless. And so what we want to center in on this morning is the limitless, immeasurable, abundant, boundless strength and grace that is available to us and if we will learn to tap into these wonderful blessings we shall not be limited in any area of our lives so let's look first of all at his boundless might and then we'll look at his boundless grace in ephesians the sixth chapter in the tenth verse in the amplified version it says in conclusion be strong in the lord be empowered through your union with him pay particular attention to that phrase your union with him draw your strength from him that strength which is boundless might provides in other words there's unlimited unlimited uh, might there's unlimited power there's unlimited strength for you and i amen boundless strength for you physically boundless strength for you spiritually boundless mental strength and ability for you i want to encourage you to tap into his boundless might through your union with him and everything in your life shall go the way of god <clears throat> in ephesians chapter one we see the connection between these two uh, particular verses ephesians 1 and 19 talks about the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe and that it is according to the working of his mighty power now i want to bring that up in the amplified version if we could notice this with me it is the immeasurable unlimited boundless surpassing greatness of his power in and for you and i who are believers do you know that you tap in to the power of God, the unlimited might of God with your faith? It was demonstrated in the mighty strength of his power, verse 20. It says, when he, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. The many today in life are limited because of the weakness of the flesh. The weakness in their spirit. The weakness in their souls. They'll say things like this. I'm just so weak. Every time this temptation comes to me, I yield to it. Or I just can't seem to stay focused on the Lord. My mind is so scattered. I've become weakened in my soul. Or I've become limited in what I can do in my life because my body is so weak. Well, I want to share with you a very important key to tapping into his boundless might. 
Number one, be empowered through your union with Him. You know, when I think about the word union, I also think about the word abide. The word abide is found in the scriptures in several places, but one place that it is found is in Psalms 91, where it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High, not he that occasionally droppeth by, not he that comes to church on Sunday, thinks a little bit about the Lord, and the rest of the week just lives for oneself. No, we're talking about living, abiding, and dwelling in the presence of God, and living and abiding in the Word of God. It says, when we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, we shall abide under the shadow of Almighty. I love this verse. It says, we will remain fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. Amen. So I want to encourage you to live in vital union and to live in vital communion with him. Stay focused now. Look with me at John chapter 15 and notice with me in verse 4 and in verse 5. And we'll see this word abide again. He says, abide in me. That word means live in me, dwell in me, and I will live in you and I will dwell in you. Live in me. I'll live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding or being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. And so this word abiding means to dwell. Now, how is the number one way that we abide in him? Well, we need to understand who him is. Him is the Word, and the Word is Him. Now, I know that's not very good English, but you get the point. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God and His Word are one. Jesus is the Word of God manifest in the flesh, and we have God-breathed, God-inspired, God-empowered Word right here in our laps. And when you get a God-breathed, God-inspired, God-anointed word out from your lap into your heart, you will be able to stand against all the strategies of the enemy. Woo, glory to God. Say with me, I'm living in Him. And His word is living in me. And so He's instructing you and I then to... Make that place of dependency and communion with Him our permanent dwelling place. He's saying to us this morning, maintain your union and maintain this communion that I have provided for you. Now you know this verse, but let me remind you of it in John 15, 7. He said, if you abide in me, that's conditional, isn't it? And my words abide in you what will happen you shall ask what you will and it might be done unto you if you live right no it shall be done unto you look at your neighbor it says it's going to be done if you live in him and his word lives in you gloria copeland said this she said, if the word is not an abide, abiding you as it should, it's not coming up on the inside of you when you need it. 
She said this, the solution is simple. Spend more time in the Word of God. If I will put more Word in my heart, when I am challenged, the Word of God is going to come out of my mouth. For out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth is going to speak. So, your heart account is kind of like your bank account. No deposit, (laughs) no return. (laughs) If you haven't put money in the bank and you're writing out a check, there's no way that money can be withdrawn from that account. Is that right? And the Word of God is exactly the same way. You see, you have a heart account. You may be limited at how much you can put in your check account, but you are not limited by how much you can put in your heart account. This heart account is open 24-7. This heart account is unlimited. And just as you are the only one that can put checks in your bank account, so are you the only one that can put checks, faith checks, in your heart account. Is that right? Well, somebody said, you know, Pastor, I read some healing scriptures last year, and I thank God for that, but it's a new year. Well, I read some prosperity scriptures the other day, but how many of you know it's a new day? And the Word of God says that we are to allow this Word, to let this Word dwell in us richly, abundantly, so that when the challenges of life knock on the door of your life, knock on the door of your mind, knock on the door of your finances, when those challenges come, you will already be prayed up, worded up, praised up, so that you will be able to speak what God's Word says concerning your life. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Come on, let's see. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be God. Glory to God. And so then, your future, your future, think about this, your future is stored up in your heart. By building your faith account, you can bankrupt the devil right out of your life. Say it with me. I'm going to build my faith account and my heart account. When we do this, we are tapping in to his boundless might. When we do this, the strength from the Holy Spirit and the strength from the Word of God come on the scene into our lives and cause us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So number one, maintain the union with Him. Maintain your communion with Him. Brenda said it during the announcements, they that wait upon the Lord. What will they do? They shall renew their strength. How many of you know that in the presence of God, there's a fullness of joy? I said in the presence of God, there's a fullness of joy. There's not partial joy in His presence. You dwell in the secret place of His presence, there'll come a fullness of joy in your life, and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. Now here's another key. 
to tapping into his boundless might, simply say what he said. Simply say what he said and do what he instructs. In Joel chapter 3 and verse 10, we see a scripture that says, Let the weak say... Now that was a little weak. We'll try it again. Let the weak say, okay, we're getting a little better. So here's the principle found in Hebrews 13, verses 5 and verse 6. And I want you to notice the last part of verse 5. It says this, for he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So what did God say? God said, son, daughter, I'm going to never leave you nor forsake you. Now notice the principle in verse 6. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So here's the principle. Say what he said. Find out what he said, and then boldly say what he said about your life on a daily basis. You see, there's power in you being bold. And I've discovered this. That the righteous are bold as a lion. And the more that we awake to righteousness and of the revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus, the bolder we'll get. When you find out that you're a child of the king and that you've been given kingdom dominion, you will not back down from sickness and disease. You will not back down from poverty and lack. You will not back down from depression and discouragement because you're bold as a lion. Friends, the blood of Jesus will embolden you. The Word of God will embolden you. And the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you will embolden you. That is, if you will not treat Him like some distant relative. You know about those distant relatives. I mean, even some close relatives. Can I hear a witness? We're not to treat the Holy Spirit like some brother that we just soon not have at the Thanksgiving meal. But the Holy Spirit is a divine person. The Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy, Holy Spirit is not something that you get. He is a person. He is the third person of the Godhead. And He said, I will live in you and I will walk in you and I will embolden you. You see, communion with the Holy Spirit will strengthen you. And by the way, to be bold doesn't mean you have to be loud. You get an understanding on the inside of you of who you are and what you have in Christ and who the Holy Spirit is in you, it'll just make you bold. I mean, you can even get to a place where you just look at the devil. Make my day. You want some of this? You get clothed in the armor of God. He didn't know whether it's you or God on the inside of you, and he ain't going to stick around to find out. Right, now, I'm not talking about being arrogant. I'm talking about boldness yes. through the Word of God. 
boldness by the blood of the Lamb, boldness by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's the principle. Whatever he has said, discover it. Find out what he said. Meditate on what he said and then boldly say what he said about you. Are you ready to do that just for a few moments today? I want to look at some scriptures right now and I want us to say them together. Psalms 27 verse 1. The scripture reads this way. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Say this with me. The Lord is the strength of my life. It's wonderful that he's the strength of so-and-so's life, but when he's the strength of your life. Look at Psalm 18, too. And I want you to, as we read this, I want you to personalize this and emphasize the word my real strong. Let's read together. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. What does that do for you? All right, let's look at another one. Psalm 46, verse 1. Let's read it together. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Let's say it this way, personalize it. God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then turn over to Psalm 71, 16. How many of you have ever had a day where you've dreaded doing something, but you know that it needed to be done, and there wasn't any really way out of you doing it, it was going to be done. Now, how you do it determines your attitude, and your attitude determines your outcome. So you might as well go about doing what you're doing in and through Christ, which will strengthen you in the power of God and not in the weakness of the flesh. And so here's a verse of scripture that will work for you tomorrow morning. Well, tomorrow morning you can stay in bed. This will work for you Tuesday morning. Come on, whatever he said, we can say. Say it with me. Psalm 71. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. One more time. I will go. Well, I don't know whether I can make it or not. No, 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 no. I will go. Because he's my God. He's my strength. He's my fortress. He's my buckler. He's my high tower. Amen. Amen. And then there is a continuation of this strength for your daily life. You may get a victory by going in the strength of the Lord one day, but this strength is available to you every day, every hour, 24-7. Look at Psalm 84-7. I want you to shout about this was as we say it together. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. We're going to go in the strength of God. Say this with me. I can... And I will do all things through Christ 
who infuses his inner strength into me, I'll do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Man, we're making some progress today. His boundless might. In other words, no longer will we be limited by the weakness of the flesh. When we tap into his boundless might, we'll be able to not only say no to what we've yielded to in the past, but we'll be able to say yes to Jesus. We'll be able to declare scriptures like, I always do those things that are pleasing in the sight of the Lord. So not only we will not yield to temptation, because this boundless might will keep you from falling, but he also will strengthen you in the midst of adversity and in the midst of a test. In other words, because we're bold in him and we've tapped into his unlimited might, we will not back down at the test, but we will rejoice in the Lord our God and we will rest in him and count it all joy and we will be found perfect, wanting nothing. Hallelujah. Now let's get into one more today. This one is so awesome. We're going to now look at the boundless riches of His grace. In other words, God's got unlimited grace for whatever you may face. I'm going to say that again. God's got unlimited grace, boundless grace for whatever you may face. Look with me to Ephesians, the third chapter and the eighth verse. Ephesians, the third chapter and the eighth verse. The Apostle Paul is writing and he's saying to me, Though I am the very least of all the saints, God's consecrated people, this grace, this favor, and this privilege. Favor is a great definition of faith, of grace. It was granted... And graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ. Wealth which no human being could have ever searched out. (laughs) Glory to God. Paul is saying, this grace is so rich, this grace is so boundless, it's so fathomless, it's so incalculable, it was entrusted to me. He says, I can't wrap my mind around it, but I got my spirit saturated with it. And you may not be able to wrap your mind around the grace of God that is incalculable and is exhaustless, but you can grab hold of it with your spirit. It's boundless. That means this, that you are not limited in your life. The limits are off because there's no limits to his great grace. I read this from a commentator yesterday. Paul tried to figure out the greatness of God's grace. He started tracking it. He started tracking it out as one might track out the shore at a lake. He soon discovered that it wasn't a lake at all, but an ocean, an immeasurable sea. God's riches and God's grace are so very vast. 
Now, Tony Cook, a good friend of ours, wrote a book called Grace, the DNA of God. And he basically says that there are five or six different types of grace. And you'll get the notes for this next week, but just listen just for a moment. He said that saving grace is God's life and power released toward and working in an individual, justifying him and making him a new creation. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is what? And then there's sanctifying grace. What is that? Well, it's God's life and power released toward working in an individual, cleansing him and enabling him to live a holy life. How many of you know that there's sanctifying power in the word? And there's sanctifying power in the blood. And there's sanctifying power in the Holy Spirit. And we ought to be living holy. Those that are in right standing with God should be living righteously. Amen? And then there's sharing grace. What is sharing grace? Well, sharing grace is God's life and power released toward and working in an individual, prompting cheerfulness in giving to others. See, when you're given to generosity, there ought to be a smile on your face. The generous soul shall be made fat. And so this sharing grace is available to those who will tap into it. And then serving grace. Look at your neighbor and say, everyone has a post in the house of God. Well, what is serving grace? Serving grace is God's life and God's power released toward and working in an individual, enabling him to serve God and others with a divinely imparted ability. Oh, there's divine grace and divine gifts on the inside of each and every one of you. Somebody says, there is? I didn't know that. Well, start paying attention to what God has placed on the inside of you and pray, and God will reveal to you your place in His grace. And then this is the one we want to look at today, standing grace. Everyone say standing grace. So what is standing grace? What is standing grace? Well, standing grace is God's life and power released toward and working in an individual, strengthening him and enabling him to stand victorious in life. Whereas saving grace is the impartation of God's life and sanctifying grace is the impartation of God's holiness. And sharing grace is the impartation of God's generosity. And serving grace is the impartation of God's ability. Standing grace is the impartation of God's strength. And it's boundless. And it's unlimited for you and for me. Thank God for saving grace. Saving grace keeps us from being lost. (laughs) Sanctifying grace keeps us from being worldly. And being polluted and contaminated. Sharing grace keeps you and I from being selfish. And serving grace keeps us from being unproductive. But oh, standing grace keeps you and I from being defeated. Say it with me. I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. Quit is no longer part of my vocabulary. I'm going to keep on keeping on by the grace of Almighty God. Woo! Glory to God. Grace is not only God's initiation in your life, 
but it's also his continuation. In other words, he doesn't just give you power to get into the kingdom, but once you're in the kingdom, he gives you strength on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord. Now let's look at a couple scriptures of what Paul said about this grace. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 says, Thou therefore, my son. Now he's writing to Timothy. And Timothy was one that was given to timidity. Timothy was one that he said, Timothy, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. Here is a general in the kingdom of God mentoring one that's up and coming in the family of God and in the ministry. And he says, here's what you need, Timothy. You need to be strong, but not strong in yourself. But you need to be strong in the grace. Where is this grace? This grace is in Christ Jesus. I got a question for you today. Where is Christ Jesus? Christ Jesus is in you. And you and I can be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let's look at the next verse we wanted to look at. Let's look at Romans chapter 5 verse 2. It says, by whom also we have access by faith, how? Into this grace, wherein we sit. We have access into this grace, by faith into this grace, wherein we sleep in church. (laughs) Wherein we start checking our clocks out. No, you don't get anything from God asleep at the wheel. You don't get anything from God being lazy. You get something from God when you're diligent about the things of God and the plan of God for your life. The Word of God says this, that we access this grace by our faith and we stand. I've discovered this. When I access His grace by faith, it enables me to stand. And while I'm standing, I can stand with a smile on my face. What do you mean you can stand with a smile on your face? Because the grace of God will cause you and I to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So believe this in your heart. And say this with your mouth with me real strong. Say it with me. We are standing standing in the grace of God. God. When I stand in the grace of God, I stand stand against the weakness of the flesh. I stand against the the wiles of the devil. I stand against the the pull of the world. I stand against against discouragement. And I stand against hopelessness. hopelessness. Glory to God. Matt Redman, you may have heard him. He's a tremendous uh, musical artist, writes songs, but he's anointed of the Holy Ghost. And I don't know whether you've heard his song, Your Grace Finds Me. But some of the lyrics in that song are so powerful. And I think the lyrics of this song will say something to you about life. And about what we all may face in our life. Listen to the lyrics. I can't sing it, but I can recite it. It's there on the wedding day. Your grace finds me. 
It's there in the weeping by the graveside. How many have ever found His grace is sufficient even in death? His grace is sufficient even when you've been laid off. His grace is sufficient even though your cupboards might be empty. His grace is sufficient even after you've gotten a bad report from the doctor. It's there in the weeping by the graveside. It's there in the breath we breathe, your great grace. It's same for the rich and poor. It's same for the saint and for the sinner. This grace is enough for the whole wild world, your great grace. Listen to this. It's there in the newborn cry. How many of you can remember when your babies were born? I can remember in September 10th, 1979, in Wilmer, Minnesota, when John Mark Thomas was born. I can remember holding John, who now is a great man of God, serves the Lord with all of his heart, with two of his own children, But I can remember there in that hospital room holding little John in my arms and just sensing such a sweet presence. I don't really know how to describe what was in the hospital room that day. But I have this hunch that it was the grace in the anointing of God and God's approval and God's presence upon this baby. It is there in the newborn cry. There's no such a thing as an accident with God. There's no such a thing as an oops with the Father. It's there. It's there as a mom and dad. When things get difficult in rearing your children, His grace is there for you. It's sufficient for you. For those of you that are they're looking after the elderly, maybe you have an elderly mother or an elderly father, His grace will find you there. His presence will meet you there. Isn't that right, Greg? Did not His grace meet you when you looked after your loved ones? When you don't feel like you can make it another day, His grace will find you. His grace is sufficient for you. When you don't feel like you're add up and you don't feel like everything that God wants you to be and you feel kind of badly about yourself, oh, His grace finds you right there. His grace is there to lift you and to encourage you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just raise your hands right now and say, Your grace, Your your great grace, grace. it finds me. It's there in the newborn cry. It's there in the light of every sunrise. It's there in the shadows of this light, Your great grace. It's there on the mountaintop. It's, listen, It's there in the everyday and the mundane. I don't know whether I can... 
I'm so tired of this job. I don't know whether I can make it another day. It just seems like I'm just going through the motions. I'm so tired of it. His grace will find you. It's unlimited. It's there. In the everyday, in the mundane. I found out that to be true in ministry. In ministry, there's mountaintops, there's valleys. And then there's the level ground. But I've discovered this. That His grace is sufficient for Mark Thomas. And His grace is no respecter of persons. It's there in the sorrow. It's there in the dancing. Your great grace. From the creation to the cross. Then from the cross into eternity. Your grace finds me. Your, the grace of God will be there when you breathe your last breath. It's same for the rich and poor. It's same for the saint and for the sinner. It's enough for this whole wild world. Your great grace. It's there in the darkest night of the soul. Anybody ever had a dark night of the soul? It's there. In the sweetest songs of victory, your grace, it finds me. So say it with me. So I'm breathing in your grace. And I'm breathing out your praise. I'm breathing in your grace. Forever I will be. Breathing in your grace. And I'm breathing out your praise. Hallelujah. Let's just take a deep breath right now. Let's breathe in. Ah. And now let's praise Him for His grace. Hallelujah. Your grace. Your grace finds me. Lord, may Your grace find every person in whatever situation they are in their life. Your healing grace, Your saving grace, Your encouraging grace. Your grace that's filled with hope. Your grace that's filled with vision. Grace that chases discouragement outside. The Apostle Paul faced a real huge dilemma in his life and in his ministry. And he went to the Lord and this messenger of Satan would turn up everywhere he went to try to stop the revelation that he was getting. And he went before the Lord and he said, God, remove this messenger of Satan, this thorn in the flesh. And here's was the father's response. The father's response was this, my grace is sufficient for you. And in verse 9 and 10 in the Amplified of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I want to close with this and then I want to pray with you. But here's what the grace of God is saying to you today, that the grace of God is sufficient for your situation. It says, but he said to me, my grace, my favor and loving kindness and mercy, it's enough. It's sufficient against any danger. It enables you to bear the trouble manfully. How many of you know sometimes we just got to man up? And if you're a woman, woman up. It's better for a woman to woman up than for a woman to man up and a man up to woman. Never mind. And that's all I'm going to say about that right now. For my strength and my power, listen to this, 
are made perfect, fulfilled, and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness. Paul understood that. And here's what he said. Wow. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities that Christ and his strength and his power may rest upon me, may pitch a tent over me and dwell upon my life. Look at verse 10 real quickly. So for the sake of Christ, read it with me. I am well pleased and I take pleasure in infirmities, insults, hardships, persecutions, perplexities, and distresses. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am truly strong and able, powerful. And so that grace is boundless. My prayer for you this morning is that the grace of God that is found in the Word of God And the grace of God that comes from the Spirit of God. May the boundless riches of His great grace rest upon your life all week long. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on somebody, say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.